Welcome to Passion Life Church. Let's give Jesus the best round of applause that we're going to give him all day because he's worthy. He's worthy of all of our praise. And today we're going to continue this amazing series that we are calling A God Encounter. And what we're doing is we've been looking through people in the Bible who had an encounter with God. I don't know how you grew up in church. I don't know. Maybe this is your first experience coming back to church. And if you are, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. But a lot of us can grow up in church with a religious mentality that God is far from us. He is up there. We are down here. And if he wishes, he may say something to us. We may encounter him if he wants. But can I just tell you, as we look through these stories, we have a God who wants to encounter and experience his people, come together and connect with his people. Can I hear a good amen? And we're looking at people who had God encounters and what the results of those encounters were. You know, an encounter can be described as a collision with the unexpected. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 4, verse 3. John chapter 4, verse 3. You know, the great thing is about God is that he, we can still experience God encounters today. He is still encountering people today and wants you to encounter him today. And I've been just encouraging us today that let's go through our week expecting to have a God encounter. Let's go through our week expecting the unexpected. Expected. Let's go through our week and begin to say, God, I want to have a collision with the unexpected. Right now, we've been saying that God encounters can come in many different ways. God encounters can come from opening up God's word and having God speak to you. We talked about Abraham. Abraham had a word from God and you can go to the, the messages and they're all up there and uh, it, you can, it'll help you go back to when we started. And then you can also encounter God by God just doing a miracle. Anybody love miracles? Anybody love when God just does miracles? You know, sometimes when God and you encounter God and there's a God encounter in your life, it renews a vision or a dream that, that you might have. And what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at a young lady who has a God encounter. And this God encounter is going to quench her spiritual thirst. I've entitled today, Thirst Quencher. Have you found John chapter 4, verse 3? It says this, then he, Jesus, left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. I want us to kind of highlight that because we're going to come back to that. It's very important, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar and near the plot of land where Jacob gave his son, Joseph, the plot of ground where Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus Therefore, being wearied from his journey, now remember, Jesus is in his physical body. He's on the earth. He experienced pain. He experienced weariness. So he was weary from this journey. And then it says he sat at this well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, listen to these words. If you knew the gift of God 
And who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everybody say living water. I don't know what happens to you when you get hungry or thirsty. Little babies, when they get hungry or thirsty, right? They cry, they get fussy. Ladies, let me ask you a question. What happens to your husband or the man in your life when he gets hungry, right? What happens to him? He cries and gets fussy, right? Not a lot has changed. My wife says, I know when you're hungry, I got, and yesterday, sometimes I can work so much and, and, uh, you know, we can talk about fasting another time, but I fast a lot on Saturdays and a lot of it's not like well, today I'm going to fast. What happens for me is I get so in, I get so captivated by reading and working and praying on Saturday. I just, I just skip meals. I know that may be hard for you to realize that I skip meals, but I do skip meals. Come on, I'm, I'm an honest preacher this morning. You can laugh. I'm speaking the truth in love today. But I fast. But yesterday, you know, we, I, I, just, I just had like a, a cookie in the morning and we were busy and it was like four o'clock and I hadn't eaten. Have you ever been so hungry that it hurts? I mean, like it really hurts. Like you're like, now I don't even know what I want to eat because I'm just, I'm just, it's just so, I'm just so hungry. Like I, we, you know, you go through that, honey, what do you want to eat? No, honey, what do you want to eat? Oh, no, no, I want what you want. No, well, I, I, I want what you want. And then she says something and I go, I don't want that. I, I, I don't want that. And so we finally decided on Luna Grill over there at the promenade because we think that's healthy. My wife thinks that's healthy. So I want to get and, 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 and eat some healthy stuff. But I just think about uh, the, the Snickers commercial, too. It talks about hungry. The, the Snickers candy bar says, it says, you're not you when you're hungry. You're not you. Have you ever eaten some food? You're so hungry, like maybe junk food. Um, and, and you just eat food just to, to fill you up. And, and you know it doesn't satisfy, but you just eat it. Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really care about my meals. And when we get invited to birthday parties, a lot of times they're on Saturday. And I always look at the invitation to see if there's food. You probably don't do that. But I do because I want to know, are we going to eat? Or are we just going to like, you know, and then I've been to some where they don't serve you anything. It's just cake. So you don't know, do I eat before? And then when you eat before and go to a birthday party, like, and then the host is really, you know, just saying, Hey, listen, we have some food. And then you're like, Oh no, thank you. I'm good. And then are you on a diet? No, 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 no. It's just, I didn't know if you were going to have food. So I ate before because you don't want me here when I'm hungry. But I've been to birthday parties where they don't serve you anything but cake. And we thought there was going to be food. And I ate like four pieces of cake because I was hungry. And I got sick. Have you ever, I, I, listen, we're confessing our sins one to another. But the point I'm trying to make is that this woman that we're about to, we read about today, she was hungry, but she had a different kind of thirst. Her hunger was spiritual and emotional. And what we do to fill those spiritual and emotional needs can actually determine our life. For her, she was lonely. And in her attempts to fill her hunger and thirst, uh, she filled that with dating men and going out with men. And the, and the problem was is that it was, she was never satisfied. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love this story, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it shows how Jesus treats people that are hungry and thirsty for him. The Bible says, and you may have read this story before, and I just want to highlight some things. The Bible says that Jesus was headed to Galilee. Somebody say Galilee. 
But remember, I told you to highlight verse four. It said he needed to go through Samaria. He was on his way to Galilee, Jesus was. And there's actually two ways to go to, to Galilee. There's one that you can go by the Jordan River. It's beautiful, very, you know, uh, it's like a scenic route. Or there's another one where you have to go through the mountains and the hills. And the Bible says that Jesus went that way. He actually took the road that was less traveled. Now watch this. Jesus went all the way to Samaria. Remember, he was going to go to Galilee, but he went all the way to Samaria. I'm going to tell you why. Because there was a woman who was thirsty and hungry. Jesus rerouted his plans because he knew that this woman needed a God encounter. He, listen, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't have to go to Samaria. He was going to Galilee. But Jesus, when he detects that someone is hungry, he will reroute his plans because he wants to fill somebody's thirst. Here's what's interesting. That while Jesus was in Judea, the Bible says he left Judea. This is why he left Judea, because the Pharisees were rejecting him. His own people, the Jews, were rejecting Jesus. I find this interesting. Jesus will walk away from people that are rejecting him and actually go a different route to find somebody who's thirsty, and he will go out of his way to meet somebody who's hungry and thirsty for him. Do we have a church that is hungry and thirsty for him? You know, it's interesting to me when people pray or when I talk to people and they're like, you know, God is sovereign and God's going to do what he wants to do. God is sovereign. But I see things in this Bible where Jesus actually changed his plans because somebody was hungry and somebody had faith and somebody was thirsty. So my hunger is appealing to God. And my hunger is appealing to him. And I meet Christians even nowadays that are just not hungry anymore for the things of God. I've been in the church for 25 years, and I've seen some crazy and weird things. Somebody once said at church, there's a lot of light, and where there's a lot of light, there's a lot of bugs. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. When you come to church, there's a lot of weird people. I've encountered a lot of weird people, a lot of weird things. My dad was a pastor. He, re, he, he resigned his church. My parents went through a divorce. My, my experience with church was not good. But you know what? I did not let that deter my hunger for Jesus. Because what we do a lot of times in our life is we put people in the place of where Jesus should be. And we're like, well, I don't want to, you know, those Christians... Hey, Hey, forget about the Christians. Concentrate on Jesus Christ. If you'll concentrate on him, you take care of your own faith and stop judging everybody else. And what I love about Jesus is that he goes to this woman. Now, he reroutes his plan. Now, this woman is no Mother Teresa. This woman, when we... <laughs> that was good. I like that. <laughs> it's like almost a laugh. It's like when people say, that's hilarious, but they don't laugh. That's hilarious. Well, if it was, wouldn't you lie? I don't know. This woman was no Mother Teresa. And uh, if she would, I think we could understand, like, yeah, Jesus was going to Mother Teresa. This woman was no Mother Teresa. The Bible says that she had actually been married five times already. And we're going to find out. Jesus is going to point out some things in her life. And this is what so touches me about this story. This woman has actually not only been married five times, but the man that she's living with right now, she's not even married to. And she's living in adultery. Adultery is when you're not married and um, you're trying to make babies. Do you understand that? Because we have kids in here. Does everybody, when you're practicing to make babies and you're not married? 
when you're having sex. Okay, do you get that? I get that? Everybody get that now? Okay, all right. Just, I'm just trying to be like, you know, I got different audiences in here, and some of them are, you guys are going to, you didn't want to have that conversation, but I just helped you. I tried, but you, you just look confused this morning. She was living with someone who was not her husband, and she had a horrible reputation. And this is what I love about the story. Jesus reroutes his plan and goes to Samaria to meet a woman who has a reputation and is sinful. Listen, and he knows everything about her and he still loves her. Let me try this side. He knows everything about her and he still seeks her out. He knows everything about her and he still wants to talk to her. You know, I know people that won't come to church because they feel like if they come to church, lightning is going to strike them down. <laughs> Can I just tell you, the Bible says that while you were yet in sin, God loved you. And maybe one time, I don't know when, I'll do a series on the love of God. And the reason why I haven't done it is because I think when you talk, start talking about the love of God, people think they know it so well that they won't show up to church. But if we truly understood the love of God, you wouldn't have fear. Because the Bible says that faith works by love. And the reason why some of us don't have faith is because we truly don't believe that God loves us. And if we truly believe that, we wouldn't have any fear. The Bible says there's no fear in love. If you're taking notes, write this down. Any area that you have fear is an area that you don't believe that God truly loves you. And that was worth coming to church today. But when you understand that God loves you, you are fearless confident. And Jesus loves this woman. How do I know? Because he didn't just say, I love you. He actually was interrupted in his plans and moved with compassion towards a woman who really has nothing to offer, but yet was thirsty in her emotions. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know where you're at today, but I want to tell you, God loves you. And he was willing to go away from religious people who rejected him. And he was drawn to a woman who was sinful. Jesus actually sought out a sinner. You know why? Because he loves when people are thirsty for him. It will move him. You know, the subtitle in my Bible says a thirsty savior. In other words, what fills his cup is when people are drawing from him. And so what's amazing to me is that Jesus knows everything about her and he seeks her out. She had a reputation. She's coming out to a well and she comes out to this well to draw water and she's coming out. The Bible says there's nothing in the Bible that doesn't have significance. The Bible says she came out during the sixth hour. In other words, she came out during the day, maybe 12, one o'clock. Most women came out in the morning or at night because of the heat. But because she had a reputation, she came out when the women weren't there because she saw what they were Snapchatting about her. She saw what was on their Instagram about her because she had five husbands. Maybe one of those husbands was maybe her neighbor's desperate housewives. 
So she had a reputation that caused her to go out at the sixth hour. But here, little did she know, she was about to have a collision with the unexpected. She was about to have an encounter with a God who saw her thirst. And as she's sitting at the well, I just love this because I love Jesus's approach. I think we, here's evangelism 101. You want to learn how to tell people about Jesus? Watch Jesus's approach. Approach, man, he is smooth. He has style. And here's what he does. He goes to the well and he sits down. Isn't it amazing how Jesus is always willing to come down to our level? Oh, no, he's not, Pastor Phil. Oh, he's not? Really? Why did God take on flesh, Jesus, and come to the earth? He came down to our level, ladies and gentlemen. He became human. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he was tempted in every single way that you and I would ever be tempted and never sinned. Why? Because he wants you to know that that qualifies him to be your best friend because he will come down to where you are. Well, nobody understands me. That's right. You may be weird and nobody understands you, but can I just tell you this? God always understands and he will come down to your level. Can I hear a good amen? And so Jesus sits down and I love this. Because he starts to talk to her about her interests, her interests. She was there at the well to draw water. And Jesus says, give me a drink. Can I just tell you, notice what Jesus did not do. Jesus did not give her a track with a Gren Reaper on it that says, turn or burn. Some of you have seen those tracks. And they're usually right on the back of the toilet when you go to the bathroom. It's a great place to put a track with a Gren Reaper on it that says, turn or burn. I want you to notice he didn't do that. Here's what he did. He starts having an intellectual conversation about what she's interested in. And can I just tell you, at our church, I, I want to disciple some people who can actually have a decent conversation with some people in the world and actually know about things so we can talk about their interests. It's interesting that she was interested in what she was interested in. And he starts to talk to her about it, right? And, and I love this because this blows her away because he is a Jew and she's a Samaritan. And they didn't really, they hated each other. Jews actually thought that the Samarians were half-breeds. You want to talk about racism. They hated each other. And Jesus is willing to go beyond the race and he's willing to talk to her. And I, and I love that. And he begins to talk to her. And, and here's what he begins to do. Jesus begins to show her that she is... Thirsty for more than water. He begins in his conversation to take something natural and make it supernatural. And he begins to show her that she's thirsty for more than water. And she's actually thirsty for more than men. She's actually thirsty for living water. And Jesus does address her sin. He does address her need. Because as he starts talking about living water, she's like, man, she's a smart woman. She's like, give me some of that living water, Jesus, that you have. And here's what he says. Watch. Here's what he says. He says, well, go call your husband. Uh-oh. Coming right up in your grill. But I love how Jesus confronts her sin. He wasn't like this. He was like a question. Hey, go call your husband. A statement. Go call your husband. And I love her because she's very honest. She says, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus is like, you're dang right you don't have a husband. I said, dang, D-A-N-G. He says, you've had five. And the six that you are living with now is not your husband. Can I just tell you why Jesus asked that question? You know what Jesus wants from us? He wants honesty from us. 
And you know why he wants honesty? Because Jesus is not going to quench a thirst that you won't admit you have. But she was honest. Can I, can I go a little bit deeper? No? Okay, I won't. Can I go a little bit deeper? This encounter is so strategic in a lot of ways. But one of the ways is, do you know that she's had five men? The man she's with now is sixth. Jesus becomes the seventh man in her life. Do you know the Bible says that the Bible talks about the number seven? The number seven is the number of completion and perfection. And she meets the seventh man who is Jesus. And he's going to quench her thirst. Come on, somebody. That was good, wasn't it? Some of you are so shocked you don't know what to do. And here's what Jesus wants her to see. And I think we, we struggle with some of these same things today. And it's the reason why we can still be thirsty. This is what Jesus wants her to see. Number one, he wants her to see that she was drinking from the wrong well. She was drinking from the wrong well. Jesus wasn't talking about, hey, give me a drink. And when he was talking about this water, he was talking about the water. He wasn't talking about physical water. Jesus was saying the water that you're drinking from right now, this water that you want, he was saying this water, meaning your quest for and thirst for love. And to be honest with you, church family, we could probably fill that in, fill in the blank, your quest for blank, that water that you are seeking. He was saying that water that you're seeking is not gonna satisfy. And her water was, is that she was pursuing men to fulfill her needs in her life. But the problem was the well that she was drinking from wasn't satisfying. And I know today as a pastor that there are tons of people, and I have been there myself, that I'm drinking from wells that are not satisfying. And when we do that, we are drinking from the wrong well. And here's what happens. We get frustrated, we get upset, but yet we can still drink from those wells. We can still drink from those wells. And she wasn't getting anything from the relationship. As a matter of fact, her wells were relationships and she would drink these, she would drink these relationships dry and empty. Why? Because she was trying to quench a need. And this is what I love. Listen to this. She didn't know she had. She didn't know that her need was not even physical or emotional. She didn't know that her need was spiritual. And this is what I love about Jesus. He doesn't come and hit her on the head because she doesn't know. What he does is he gives her an encounter to reveal to her the truth. And that's what he'll do with you. See, some of us, we have patterns in our life and we don't understand why we're doing it. And it's a physical thing or the problem is physical. But to be honest with you, the real answer is spiritual. The real answer is spiritual. And this is what she was trying to do. She was trying to use a physical means to satisfy a spiritual hunger. In John 4, 13, Jesus answered and said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. For her, it was relationships. I wonder for you what that might be. And I think we can still do this today. We're looking, we can look for people or we can look for things to satisfy our spiritual needs. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. We never get satisfied, right? Yet we keep going back to the same well and we end up empty and frustrated. So I asked myself this question. I wonder what well are you drinking from today? Are you drinking from the right well or are you drinking from the wrong well? And I started to think about wells that we can all drink from. 
So I put some vases here and I thought, oh, this one's a good one. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You can, you can say amen. You can pretend like you don't drink from this well. You can be honest. Just be you, all right? But I thought this one's a good well that some of us drink from. Are you ready? The well of self-pity. Oh, drink from this well. I'm so blue. I'm just down in the dumps, Pastor Phil. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Nobody knows it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I'll cry if I, you're not invited, but I'm going to cry if I want to. You don't know my life. You don't know how it's been. I know. But this well will never satisfy you. And some of us, have, any of you, have you ever had your kids start feeling sorry for themselves? We call it out in my son because he'll start. Like, what are you feeling bad about? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. But this really, what it what can be if we're not careful, is we try to satisfy our own needs. Self-pity. This is the wrong well, right? This is another well, I think, that we drink from. And uh, I think this well, actually, we drink from, but we actually like to talk about how we drink from, right? This is the well of, oh, I'm so busy. I'm bu- what are you doing? Uh, I'm busy. What is your name? I'm busy. I mean, my name's Phil. I'm busy. And we wear it as a badge, right? We're so busy. This water that I'm pouring in, and as you're seeing, it's all mucky because there's just a lot going on in this one. I mean, just a lot going on. Are you productive? I don't know, but I'm busy. I'm busy. Hey, um, we're, you know, we're getting together for life group, some relationships. Nope. I'm busy. Sorry. I'm busy. I'm busy. Um, are you helping anybody out? Are, is your life having an impact? Are you reaching other people for Jesus? Nah, but I'm busy. And uh, yeah, so... And then we wonder why we're frustrated. And this one, I, I could have put tired here too. Just tired. What are you tired from? Being busy. That's why. And why are you busy? Because I'm, I'm just tired too. I'm busy. And then I thought, this is another one that I think we can drink from a lot, a lot of people. And this one sometimes too, I feel like I, I have to be careful because I like to drink from it a lot. And uh, I've learned it's the wrong well. And this is the well of bitterness. Somebody's hurt you, they've hurt you, man, and you know what? You decide, I am not going to forgive. I'm, not, I'm just not going to forgive. And then that forgiveness turns into bitterness. And oh, man, they hurt me, Phil. They really hurt me. You do not know what they did to me because it really hurt. It devastated me. Hey, I get it. But if you drink from this well, you will never be satisfied. And so what we do is like, ooh, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm just kidding a minute. I hate him. I hate him. I, I just hate him. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, here they come. Oh my gosh. 
believe it. And oh my God, look at my look at my life. <laughs> Life's horrible, man. And oh man, it, it affected affected my bank account. Affected my kids. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. here's what happens. The well that we should be drinking from is the well of forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you why. Because God has poured out his forgiveness on every one of your sins. Every one. And Jesus on the cross said this. He said, forgive them for they know not what they did. They know not what they do. Everything that they did to Jesus, right? And they didn't take his life. He, he gave his life. But I mean, when you look at how they tortured him and everything they did, one of his last words on the cross was forgive them. And so God deeply forgives you. And the forgiveness for you costs God his son. And so if you forgive, if you forgive, there's free. But here's what we do. We think there's freedom in this because sometimes it feels good. Feels good. I'm going to be honest with you. This sometimes feels good. It feels good. But here's the problem. It doesn't satisfy and it doesn't free you. What happens is you will end up in more chains by drinking out of this well. It is the wrong well. And I will tell you, if you want freedom, you've got to forgive. Freedom comes from forgiveness. Can I hear a good amen today? And Jesus says this, if you drink from living water, he says, you'll never thirst again. I wonder, out of self-pity, being busy, bitterness, we're still thirsty. And it's because we drink out of the wrong well. And Jesus says, my water is living. And he says, when I give it to you, it's refreshing. And once you have a drink, These will never satisfy, but this will satisfy you, not only earthly, but eternally. And I just want to ask you a question. I wonder what well you're drinking from. There's nothing wrong with being busy. I'm busy, but I'll tell you this, I'm bearing fruit in my life. There's a lot of people who are busy, but they're not bearing any fruit for God. I asked a person the other day, I was talking with them and said, hey, I haven't seen you at, at you know, church and how, what, how, I'm busy. Okay, like, can we come up with a new line? And I said, where have you been? And this one really shocked me because I'm a person of purpose. I'm a person that is strategic. And I said, where have you been? They said, I don't know. You don't even know where you've been? But you're, been, and my, my church, I'm not trying to put anybody down. But what I'm saying is we don't understand that we're drinking from the wrong wells. And this is why we're frustrated. This is why we're not being fulfilled. Can I hear a good amen today? And she was drinking from the wrong well. And this is what Jesus wants to do. Listen, he's not here to beat you over the head because you're a sinner. He wants you to drink from the living water so you can be satisfied and experience him. Here's number two. She was seeking
needing a man to fulfill her needs and do what only God can do. And so when Jesus quenches your thirst, here's what happens. There's no disappointment. There's no rejection because it's acceptance and love. There's no sorrow. But can I just tell you today, you will always be dissatisfied when you expect people, even if it's your husband, your wife, to operate at the level of deity. My wife is an incredible woman. Sometimes I still don't even know why she married me. I really don't. I, I think really God struck her with blindness. I, I do. I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. I know that's kind of weird, but thank you. She, I mean, she's so precious. She's so loving. She's so intelligent. Like she, she's so caring and like, she's just every, I mean, I, I just look at her and, and I see Jesus, but can I just tell you, my wife is not Jesus. She, we are called to be Christ-like we are not called to be, I am not Jesus. I try to do my best to be a good pastor. But you know what? I'm going to be Christ-like to you, but I'm not going to be Jesus. And here's what we do. We, put, we expect people to be Jesus to us. And can I tell you, if you do that, you are setting your relationships up to fail. People do this with churches. Can I go here for a moment? I went to that church. It didn't meet my need. That staff didn't meet my need. That pastor didn't meet my need. I know only Jesus can meet your needs. We're just trying to help. Come on, somebody. And I love people, but here's what they do. This church didn't meet my need, so I'm going to go ahead and go to this church. This church didn't meet my need, so now I'm going to go to this church. The problem is not churches. Her problem was not men. Her problem was her thirst. Her problem that she was looking for something to fill her thirst that could never satisfy. And Jesus is the only thirst quencher. Hear me, her problem was not the men in her life. The problem was the void in her spirit. Is this good this morning? Can I just tell you, the men in her life were just fillers. Just like when I went to that birthday party and ate that three pieces of cake, I felt horrible, but I was still hungry. And God wants you to be satisfied. That's why he doesn't want you to drink from other wells. Here's number three. We need to understand that we all have four basic needs, acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Those are all the needs, the main needs that we have, acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. These four needs are what motivate us and drive us. Who or how we get these needs met is going to greatly affect our life. Can I just tell you, the word sin actually means to miss the mark, but I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. Do you know that sin happens when we try to meet our needs in an ungodly way? Listen, if you're a teenager in here and you don't know how babies are made, I want you to cover your, your ears real quick, all right? Okay, if you're not covering yours by now, I'm assuming you know how babies are made. Listen, there's nothing wrong with sex. Are you ready for this one? God created it. Not Lady Gaga. Not Hugh Hefner. Not the Playboy Channel. Right? Not porn. God created it. And you know, one of the reasons why he created it, are you ready? It's going to blow your mind. To have babies, that's one. But he created it for our pleasure. Come on, don't look at me like you're Snow White. You have kids in here. You know how they came. God created it for our, but you know how? 
He created it in the context of marriage. That's where it works best. That's where it works best. Well, Pastor Phil, um, I use safe sex. Yeah, condoms don't protect your heart. I said it. Let's move on. When we try to meet our needs in an ungodly way, that's when we sin. That's what she was doing. And either God is going to meet those needs or you're going to have to rely on someone else to meet those needs. Then you're going to get disappointed. And here's what happens. Number four, the principle of what I call transference is if we don't trust Jesus to meet our deepest needs, then what will happen is we will automatically transfer those expectations to those that are closest to us right? People do this in marriage all the time. They transfer, my husband is supposed to meet all my needs. No, he's not. And no, he can never. To be honest with you, Jesus has to meet your needs. Your husband can't do that. Your wife can't do that. We are supposed to help to meet each other's needs. But here's what happens. We're setting these relationships up to fail. And for some of us, maybe it wasn't a spouse. Maybe it was our parents. Maybe it's our business. We thought our business was supposed to meet our needs. So many people are coming to the place they realize that their career is not satisfying their needs. Your career was never supposed to satisfy your need. Well, I, Pastor Phil, you know, hey, it, you know, that's, that's what I'm living for. I'm living to pay the bills. Oh, that's a great purpose to live for, to pay the bills. And I thought my career was supposed to pay the bills. No, God is supposed to supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. God is the source and your business is the resource that God will use. But God can change resources anytime. But if we put our, our whole faith on the resource and take it off of the source, you will be disappointed, dissatisfied, and frustrated. And so my encouragement to us is that we evaluate our lives. And when we have a problem, the question I have for you is where do you go first? Do you go to a friend? Do you go to your computer? Do you go to a credit card first? Do you go to a store? And I'm not just talking about ladies. When you have an internal worry, fear, where do you go first? See, here's what I want today. I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, reveal to me about my broken relationships, my past and my present. Ask him to show you, were you putting wrong expectations on people? Were you drinking from the wrong well? And the question is, was the result because I was making that person to be Jesus. And now I'm, I'm dissatisfied. You know what I love about this is that after Jesus tells her that she is living with someone and he's not her husband. Here's what Jesus says. He says, believe in me. I find this ironic today as we begin to close. I find this ironic because I don't know, ladies, what type of pickup lines guys use on you. Like, right? Uh, where's, where's Zach? Is, did Zach exit? Where's Nicole? They, 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 had, they had to leave. Okay. Man, I wanted to pick on him. Okay, there's Anthony, Anthony, and Lala, there you go. Lala, just tell me just real quick, what was the line that got you when he, what, what, did, what did he say? Or was it just, hi, I'm Anthony, you're like. <laughs> was there something that he said? Was he, was he, his what? Here's, that, that got you, like, here's my number, like, and we're getting married, we're gonna have kids, that, it's, it's over. No, okay. Can somebody tell me what she's saying? It's what happened afterwards. 
all right, okay. So he, it wasn't necessarily a pickup line. It was like, right? Ooh. All right, Anthony. And now how many kids do you have? Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We just learned something today. All the single people in the house. Way to go, Anthony. I do think you need to start a life group, brother. But I want, I want listen, I'm not, I, please, and I want you to understand my heart. I, I really do. I really do, okay? And, and, I, and I just, I want you to understand my heart. And I want, this is, I, let me say it this way. This is my interpretation of what's happening. You don't have to believe this, but I think it's interesting that she has problems with guys. Jesus is a man and he's standing there and he says, believe in me. I'm like, ladies, would, would that spark a friendship with you? Like if a man said, hi, my name is Phil, believe in me. You'd be like, yeah, okay. Here's my number. But you know what I find so interesting is that here's what Jesus does. He says, believe in me, but he's so different than every other man that she came in contact with. And I'm going to tell you why. He was willing to break through barriers that other people weren't willing to break through. He was willing to talk to her and break the race barrier and show her that he loved her even though they were different. Jesus was willing to meet a need that no one else could meet in her. He addressed her innermost need. He addressed it. Jesus was willing, watch this, to stay and stick with her even after she admitted and he knew that she had been with six men. You know what Jesus could have done? Jesus could have said, listen, you have five husbands and you're living with the sixth one and this one is not your husband. Boom! Drop the mic. I am out. Many people think that that's how Jesus acted but after Jesus pointed out her sin, he actually stayed with her and loved her and wanted her walk her through her life to help her. And so he was willing to stay when other people, other men had left. Jesus was willing to stay. Jesus was willing to give her what she couldn't find anywhere else. Unconditional love, acceptance, and grace. And here's what I want to do as we end today. How do we drink this living water that's spiritual? Here's number one. We got to understand drinking is translated receiving. You know, in the Greek, when Jesus said the New Testament was translated from Greek to English, in Greek, the word drink actually means receive. Jesus made some statements that people ponder, and it does sound weird. He said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will remain in me. Well, that sounds really incredibly weird. But if you understand that drinking, Jesus is saying, watch, if you receive my blood, why do I need to receive his blood? Because because of your sin, it should have been your blood. But his blood was shed. And because his blood was shed, if you'll receive his blood as a sinner and the blood of a savior, you can be saved. But I've got to receive it. John 4, 13, Jesus said, everyone who drinks, receives this water will be thirsty again. Your believing affects your receiving. And the question I have is, are we willing allow, are we willing to allow Jesus to deal with our innermost needs? Are we willing to be honest about it and then allow him to satisfy those needs? Or are you going to be satisfied with fillers in your life?
with fillers. In my church family, many of our needs are more spiritual than physical. Watch this, John 4, 23, Jesus is talking to her and he says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship. I like to say worship like this, worth-ship. His worth-ship, how much is he worth to you? Worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say in spirit. The spirit can be said, it's the innermost part of you. Sometimes it's translated even your heart. Your innermost part of you. God's not interested in people just singing songs. God is not interested in people just reading words. God wants a sound to come from the most inner part of you, even if it's a joyful noise. Well, Pastor Phil, I can't sing. It doesn't matter. Is it real? And is it coming from the most inner part of you? It says God is looking for people who will worship in their spirit. And I'm going to tell you why, and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, watch this. God is spirit. Everybody say that with me. God is spirit. Yes, he clothed himself in man and came to earth, but God is a spirit. And those who will worship him must worship him from their spirit, from their innermost part. My church family, write this down. God's Holy Spirit is the only one that can satisfy your spirit. Nothing else will do, and you can try and try, but until you allow and receive his Holy Spirit and Jesus to come inside your heart, he will quench your thirst. And God's begin, well, he'll begin to touch areas of your life. He'll begin to fill dry areas of your life. You know, Proverbs 17, says this, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit A broken spirit dries up the bones. You know that word dries up means withers away your bones? I wonder some people, if they're having health issues in their bones because they have a dried up spirit. You can go to the doctor all day. You can take medication all day. But if there's something that's not right in your spirit, it says it withers up the bones. You know what withering means? There's no water. There's no water. You're not, the thirst is not being quenched. Here's number two. Our ability to give is only limited by our capacity to drink from the water of life. Watch this. John 4, 14 says, but whoever drinks of this water that I shall give will never thirst, but that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Watch this as we close today. Jesus says that people who are drinking of this living water, and I love this, not only does it quench thirst, it actually becomes a fountain in you that starts to spring up. You're not walking around like you're all drained. See, what happens is people who are drinking the living water, they become a fountain versus a drain. Have you ever been around people, and I've heard this lately, that person drains me. They drain me. You see a lot of Christian people, not a Passion Life Church, walking around and there's no fountain of life in them. It's like they're a drain. You know why? Because they're not drinking of the living water. Because when you drink of the living water, the Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Living water. And I love it because I love getting around people that are like this. And I get around them and I'm smiling and they're like, Like, you need to drink some living water. And my church family, this is why when the world looks at us, are we more of a drain or a fountain of life? 
And if we're not, can I tell you, there's good news. If you'll drink of the living water, you can become a spring and a fountain. And here's number three. When you drink of this, your life starts to become a pipeline for this water. You know what I love about this story? And here's where we end. This woman who was a sinner takes a drink. How does she take a drink? She receives Jesus's love into the innermost part of her being. And she gets her thirst quenched. Here's what happens. She actually gets so excited. She runs out to the city. I love this. And she runs out to the city and she goes, I met a man. Everybody's like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Six, seven, eight, which, no, I met a man and he told me everything. He quenched my thirst. Come here, what he has to say. Do you know people in the city came to Jesus? And I love this. Listen, Jesus actually stayed in that city for two more days because there were more thirsty and hungry people that wanted what he had. And he began to speak to them and quench their thirst. And this woman who was a sinner became a pipeline for this water that first she drank and now she became a fountain. In my church family, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be a fountain or do you want to be a drink? I want to be a fountain of living water and a pipeline to Marietta and to Temecula in our area of this living water that only Jesus can give. And if you want it, say yes and give him a good round of applause. Come on. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.